You're listening to a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hello and welcome to the Paediatric Papers podcast. Bite-sized summaries of pivotal paediatric articles so you can consume important research on the go. My name's Jai, I'm one of the Education Hub Fellows here at the Royal Children's Hospital and today is the 7th of August 2020. In today's episode, we're going to analyse a large retrospective multi-centre study from America that looks at infants with urinary tract infections. The study looks at when these infants require lumbar punctions and perhaps which infants with urinary tract infections don't. A quick reminder that this podcast focuses on the positive findings of the article only and how we can use that information in our clinical work on the day-to-day. If you want some more detailed information, please check out the full written summary, the article, and the additional resources found on the Paediatric Papers website. And with that, let's get started. The article comes to us from Wang and his colleagues in America, and it's titled Testing for Meningitis in Febrile Well-Appearing Young Infants with a Positive Urinalysis, and was published in the Paediatrics Journal in September 2019. Interestingly, the data came from a different study. There was an initial quality improvement project that happened in America called the Reducing Excessive Variability in Infant Sepsis Evaluation or REVISE that went to look at lots of different infants. In fact, 20,570 well-looking infants were part of this study cohort that was collected over two years, September 2015 to November 2017. These researchers then use that data set and retrospectively use the information to test it for new questions. Two of the new questions the researchers asked of this data set were, one, how many well-looking infants with fever of unknown origin actually ended up having urinary tract infections? And then two, of these children, how many went on to develop meningitis? A quick note on some of the terms the researchers use in the study, just because they're a bit different than what some of us would use. For instance, number one, they say that infants are any child between 7 and 60 days old. That skewers a bit young. Often we think of infants as being slightly older. Two, they counted a positive urinalysis as any that had even trace leukocyte esterase or nitrates. Good. But also any urinalysis that included more than five white cells but don't really mention whether or not this is mixed, if there are other cells present. And we also know that a certain level of pyuria or leukocytes in the urine can occur in other febrile illnesses. So pyuria alone does not necessarily confirm a urinary tract infection. And third, the researchers classified children as having abnormal inflammatory markers if they had just one of either a raised white cell count, a raised CRP or procalcitonin, or a raised band count. Often we look at all of these together. The data captured quite a lot of infants to look at, owing to the fact that 9 out of 10 had a urinalysis before they left ED, and different from here, 90% had this either via suprapubic aspirate or an in-out catheter. The study found that 1 in 5 urine samples that were sent did turn out to be positive, and that over two-thirds of infants with a positive urinalysis, regardless of whether they looked well, went on to have a lumbar puncture test. So in short, most children aged between 7 and 60 days old who presented to one of these 124 American hospitals well-looking but with a fever of unknown origin had both a urinalysis and a lumbar puncture test. From all of this data, the researchers were able to make three comments on clinical practice 
and had two major findings. The first, with regards to clinical practice, was that most children who had an LP started empirical antibiotics, whether or not they had a urinalysis that was positive. Two, on the flip side, if you were to have a urinalysis but not a lumbar puncture test, you had a 1 in 10 chance of receiving a full course of empirical antibiotics for meningitis anyway. And number three, well-looking infants who are really young, less than 30 days, or who present to a hospital that sees kids regularly, so maybe four episodes or more of fever of unknown origin every single day, are more likely to have a lumbar puncture test. And the two major findings were that there were no cases of delayed diagnosis of meningitis, so no infant represented to the same hospital within seven days of first coming to the ED with meningitis. Similarly, number two, that no infants who were older, more than 30 days old, who had a positive urinalysis but didn't end up having a lumbar puncture test, came back to hospital either. Putting that all together, what does that mean for us on the wards? This study provides evidence that children older than 30 days who look well, who just have a positive urinalysis, don't necessarily need a lumbar puncture test or IV antibiotics for presumed meningitis. Although importantly, this study didn't include any infants who had comorbidities like genetic neuromuscular or developmental diseases that increase their risk of bacterial infections. So for children who come in well-looking with fevers, a positive urinary tract infection and any of those extra conditions, we probably still need to have a think and discussion with our senior colleagues before making a decision about lumbar puncture tests. For more information about the article and detecting meningitis in infants, check out the Paediatric Papers website. It includes some web links to a neonatal early onset sepsis calculator, articles on how to interpret CSF or lumbar puncture findings, as well as some links to some extra studies that look at how common it is to get meningitis as an infant from a urinary tract infection. That's it for this episode of Paediatric Papers. Please give the podcast a like if you enjoyed it and leave us any comments and feedback down below. Remember, the better your feedback, the better this podcast. To get involved, send us an email at education.hub at rch.org.au and check back every Monday for a brand new Paediatric Papers episode. Thanks for listening. Please view the description section below for more information on this topic. The Education Hub is a collaboration between the Royal Children's Hospital and the University of Melbourne Department of Paediatrics and funded by the RCH Foundation.